Hello, and welcome to The Top 3, a podcast where we discuss the definitive rankings of everything. I'm your host, Kieran Davey. Today, I am joined by Sebastian Ochoa Mendoza on The Top 3's Oscars extravaganza. We will be diving deep on all Oscar categories, breaking down our personal favorites and who we think will win. We'll also share our personal Top 3 movies of 2021. Let's dive in. Hey, Sebastian, welcome back to the top three. Hello. This is my third appearance, so it's very thematic to the theme of the of the podcast. You know? Yeah, welcome back. You're a regular on the podcast. Uh, this is your third appearance, so we can now, we have enough episodes with you to do top three Sebastian, Sebastian. Yeah, podcast gonna, episodes. I was going to say the same thing. In honor of the upcoming Academy Awards on March 27th, yes, we're going to be talking about the movies of 2021. Indeed. As you know, I'm a big Oscar buff. Starting from last year, I've begun to actually bet money on the Oscars. Oh, I'm curious. Over the course of this episode, we're going to be talking about some of who we think will win certain Oscars. If you reveal that, does that mess up your gambling strategy? Like, aren't the odds better for you if you don't reveal who you think will win? <laughs> uh, well, no, actually, because it's like the odds from when I bet it. Like, my bets are locked at this point. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. For instance... Uh, well, you know what? We'll, we'll talk about it when we get to the category. You know, I'm not going to spoil anything. <laughs> and that's actually a good point. We're going to be talking about a lot of movies today, but we're not going to be doing any spoilers, spoiler-free podcasts. So if you are listening and haven't seen the movies, that's okay because we're not going to be revealing any key plot points. Um, this could act as a good primer for what movies you should see before the Oscars or movies you should see afterwards, you know. So the way this episode will work, we're going to go through a lot of Oscar categories and talk about who we think will win, and then talk about who we think should win, like our favorites in those categories. But before we dive into some of those Oscar categories, do you think 2021 was a good year for movies? I thought it was decent, definitely better than 2020. Like, I don't think it was a, like a massively great year for movies. There wasn't like a ton of good indie movies that I saw that I would say like, wow, this is amazing. Normally, like my top 10 of the year wouldn't be that similar to the Oscar Best Picture lineup because I'll have so many other options. I think like Licorice Pizza and Drive My Car and Belfast and West Side Story, I think they were all in my top 10 of the year. And Coda, actually. So like outside of the the obvious like good films of 2021, I wouldn't say there were that many like great indie films that I saw. Maybe uh, the Oscars, like the Academy is getting better at choosing good movies. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't trust the Oscars that much. I do. I do follow them like religiously, but I, I mostly because I like the competition and because I like to critique it when they make the wrong choices, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't like really take too much stock. And like if a movie wins Best Picture, it's like automatically the best movie of the year. No, exactly. It, usually that's not not the case. Yeah. And I think that's funny because you and I are both very invested in the Oscars as a interesting kind of pop culture celebration of film and also kind of hold them in high regard. Like if a movie has won an Academy Award, that's something that we look at with value. At the same time, we also are both kind of highly critical of the Oscars, frequently like to critique and disagree and argue about it. So it's kind of an interesting relationship that you and I specifically have to the Academy Awards. Yeah. You know, I think every year there's just some like really bad winners. There's some winners that are just like mind-blowingly like, okay, who thought of this? <laughs> But this is the first year that they decided to combine sound mixing and sound editing into just sound, which I think is great, not because I think that they don't deserve each their own category, but because the Oscars have, like, the voters have no clue what the difference is. 
like Bohemian Rhapsody won best sound editing at the Oscars a few years ago, which made like zero, zero, zero sense. Like it shouldn't even have been nominated, but like, because they don't know. And it's like, like, let's just give it both sound categories just arbitrarily. So like, I'm kind of glad because it means like less mistakes, you know, it's just kind of like best sound. Like that's pretty easy for everyone to comprehend, you know? This was also a year we saw movies being released both on streaming and in theaters at the same time. But I feel like people have always been talking for years now about, like, the death of movie theaters. I don't know. They're kind of doing okay? Yeah, like, it's it's quite interesting because a few years ago, uh, Roma lost Best Picture to Green Book, um, which many people regarded as, like, a really bad mistake by the Oscars. And But one of the reasons people thought that that happened was because Roma was a Netflix film. And there was just a lot of jabber about that. It was like, there's no way Roma can win because it's a Netflix movie. And a lot of older Academy voters are very, like, resistant to that. But, like, now because of the pandemic, it's almost like you, if you're not on a streaming platform, it's so hard for you to get a movie shown, right? So this year could very well be the first year that a streaming film wins Best Picture. And But, like, nobody's talking about it. Nobody's saying, like, oh, you know, this movie has such a disadvantage because it's by Netflix or whatever. Like, no one's really saying that um, like they did a few years ago with Roma. Yeah, there are very few movies that are solely theatrical, um, and at least in the best picture race. And it's just weird how quickly that has shifted. It was a trend we saw coming, but then the pandemic hit and just cranked things up so much faster. Like, it is kind of sad. I really hope that when the pandemic is, you know, more or less gone that movies will still like prioritize being shown in theaters. If it's worthy of a best picture win, like I would hope that that movie, like more people would want to seek that movie on a big screen because that's the best way to enjoy a film. Totally. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it is nice to have the cheaper options as well. If some people don't have the money to go see movies in theaters. And so I feel like yeah, of course. having it on streaming allows more people to see the movie, which ultimately I guess is the goal. As long as those companies and directors are able to keep making interesting, cool unique films and i feel like great let's show them wherever they can be shown i agree i came up with a few other 2021 movie trends okay yes i am intrigued there's a few actors that i felt like had really solid years for example andrew garfield i think it was a big year for andrew garfield fans because he had no way home tick tick boom and then eyes of tammy faye so three Oscar-nominated movies, No Way Home, significantly, probably one of the biggest movies in cultural context, and then Tick, Tick, Boom got him a Best Actor nomination. So great year for Andrew Garfield. Yeah, that is that is true. I didn't really like any of the three movies that he was in, to be honest. <laughs> we'll cover those, uh, what we think yeah, about yeah. those. Okay, sorry, yes. So Andrew Garfield, was there, was there any other actor that you... Uh... Yes, another actor that I think, maybe not quite as big, but also a pretty good year for Timothy Chalamet, French Dispatch... And Don't Look Up in, you know, smaller roles, but then Dune as, like, the main leading guy. So pretty big year for Chalamet as well. No Oscar nominations for Chalamet. No, and I, I think French Dispatch didn't get anything. It got, it got goose-egged at these Oscars. It got zero Oscars. That's crazy. Nominations, yeah. It's pretty sad. Yeah, we'll talk about French Dispatch as well as an overlooked film. I also think it was a big year for Zendaya. She was also in Dune, kind of. In No Way Home. She's in Malcolm and Marie, way at the start of the year. And then also in, I feel like Euphoria is kind of dominating TV pop culture in a big way. So I feel like Zendaya's also had a good 2021. True. Interestingly, though, Malcolm and Marie um, would have qualified for last year's Oscars. Because for the 2020 Oscars, I think the deadline was extended not till December 31st, but to like February or something. 
Yeah, so it gets a little bit, you know, 2021 movies versus the Oscar year. Like, the fact yeah, that the yeah. calendar year and Oscar years don't line up is a little bit complicated. Yeah, but just this year. This is the first, this is the only year that'll happen, I think, you know. Unless, you know, we get Zemnicon, you know, in like a, <laughs> in like a couple months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, knock on wood, hopefully. <laughs> but I think one of the biggest things for 2021 movies, one of the trends that I was kind of surprised to see was it was a great year for deaf representation, in films so there were deaf actors in eternals godzilla vs kong a quiet place part two drive my car and then coda which is all centered around a deaf family and so there were five different movies all which had like fairly significant roles played by deaf actors and i can't remember a single year where that's been the case that's i i had not thought of that at all like i had seen drive my car uh, Coda and Quiet Place Part Two, but didn't really make the link, and I didn't know about the other two movies. I hadn't, I haven't seen the other two. That's wild. Yeah, big year for for deaf actors. That's fascinating. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. And obviously, Coda's like pretty big on that. Like that's like the whole point of the movie. It's not even. But then, uh, even even besides that, there were deaf actors just in other kind of mainstream films, and I, I thought that's kind of cool. Well, let's dive into talking about some of the Oscar categories. So we're going to go through a bunch of these. Each of us will share our personal pick and then also what one we think will win. Okay. And we'll see. Uh, we're not betting any money on this, but we'll see. So let's start with the best costumes. Uh, the nominees I have are Cruella, Cyrano, Dune, Nightmare Alley, West Side Story. What do you think is going to win and then what do you think should win? Cruella's going to win and it deserves it. Like that whole movie's costumes. Yeah, I totally agree with you. The costumes were definitely the best part of that movie. I will say that Dune just seems to be taking a lot of the below-the-line categories, and so if I was unsure, assume Dune would probably take it. So the thing with uh, Dune, Dune, you're right, is probably going to take quite a lot of below-the-line categories. The thing is that in the last the last decade, it's been really hard for any movie to win any more than like four Oscars. And I think there are four Oscars for Dune to win, and costume design isn't one of them. I think like Cruella is like... Cruella's won. I think it won in the Critics' Choice and BAFTA as well. So it's like... Okay. Momentum is there. What about for Best Makeup and Hairstyling? The nominees are uh, Coming to America, Cruella, Dune, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and House of Gucci. Single nomination for House of Gucci. Yeah. I was expecting more nominations because Lady Gaga and Jared Leto were both like highly hyped. Well, I thought Lady Gaga was awesome, and I thought Jared Leto was a cartoon character. He was ridiculous. (laughs) Like, it's a lot of acting. It's not necessarily good, but it's a lot. The quantity is there. Right. Uh, Well, for the winner here, I'm going to go for Eyes of Tammy Faye. Okay, that's also where I was leaning in terms of the one that I think will win. I don't necessarily have a personal preference here, just because I'm not super invested in the makeup world. Fair. Yeah, me neither. I, I do... I mean, I hope House of Gucci wins because I did put some money on that because Jared Leto has got a lot of like prosthetics there. <laughs> he does look he's unrecognizable. Yeah. Yeah, I would also hope that House of Gucci could take it just because I feel like Ridley Scott put out two movies that I enjoyed and didn't really get any recognition. Uh, House of Gucci and The Last Duel. The Last Duel made very little money and Halloween Kills and Venom 2 made a ton of money and I'm sure Ridley Scott is just depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, and two Adam Driver performances, you know, that's big year for him as well. Yes. And in fact, House of Gucci is the third movie Adam Driver's been in where he yells, don't compare me to my father. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he likes, he likes those roles, you know? 
All right, moving on to best sound, which we've already kind of touched on earlier. Uh, the nominees are Belfast, Dune, No Time to Die, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Okay, I here I think Dune's going to take it. Definitely one of the below-the-line categories that Dune's, I think, got in the bag. I kind of agree. Yeah, I'd be curious to see if No Time to Die, since it's so effects-heavy, if it can, like, manage to make anything, but odds are in Dune's favor, probably. Well, the thing is, West Side Story probably could have taken uh, sound mixing, and we probably would have seen, like, Tick, Tick, Boom probably nominated there as well. But then with best sound as is, I think Dune, like, most people come out of that feeling like the sound was pretty good. Dune's doing a lot of cool original stuff. Yeah, so then moving on to best original score, where we have Don't Look Up, Dune, Encanto, Parallel Mothers, Power of the Dog. Best original score, I'm of two minds. I think that Dune will still win because it's Hans Zimmer and he's literally creating instruments. But I also think Power of the Dog had a phenomenal score. Yeah, I would agree. I agree that Dune is probably going to win. And this would only be Hans Zimmer's second oscar which is wild that is wild his only other oscar was for the line okay interesting which was years and years and years ago so yeah so even for the opportunity just to award hans zimmer another oscar i feel like yeah he's got it locked up just for that reason i liked uh, the power of the dog score a lot but i don't think it was johnny greenwood's best score of the year <laughs> he had a better score in spencer spencer had like an amazing score and that got that got snubbed here so you would swap? I, like, I wouldn't take out the... I would I would have nominated Johnny Greenwood twice and, like, probably taken out Encanto. You could nominate Johnny Greenwood four times, but Hans Zimmer still will probably take it. <laughs> <laughs> True. If anything, it would help them because, like, it would just divide the Johnny Greenwood vote. Yeah, probably. yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, moving on to best visual effects. Okay. We have the most prestigious movies in this category where we have <laughs> Free Guy, Shang-Chi, The Legend of the Ten Rings... Spider-Man No Way Home, No Time to Die, and Dune. And I, I feel like there's no way that Dune doesn't win this. Yeah, Dune's going to win this. I'm, I'm very proud of myself because I predicted Free Guy to get nominated. I thought the effects there were pretty good. Uh, but Dune, Dune's got it. Yeah, Dune's got it for all sorts of reasons. All right, so moving now to best production design. We have Dune, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. Here's where it gets kind of tricky for me. Before this, I feel like there's been some that I feel like we're clear. Moving from here on, I feel like we start getting into the categories where there's a lot of, like, strong contenders. Production design, obviously referring to... The sets, art direction, the props. Exactly. Huge snub for French Dispatch here. I agree. Like, the biggest snub. Like, French Dispatch has yeah. probably what, some of the best production design I've seen in my life, and it couldn't get nominated this year. It was just wild. I don't really understand that, because I feel like Wes Anderson is a beloved filmmaker, and I don't really know what's going on for a film that's as intricately crafted as French Dispatch. I don't get it. I mean, it wasn't the most, like, critically acclaimed, per se, but that doesn't mean that you can't reward it for the good things. I think that's one of my biggest critiques with the Oscars, is that sometimes they just favor the movies that are nominated Best Picture. Like, a good category for me is a category where no Best Picture nominees are nominated, and it's literally just, like, five random movies that could be bad, but they have, like, amazing... Like, whatever that category is. Like, you know what else wasn't critically acclaimed was Free Guy. And that <laughs> got the best VFX nomination because that's what it's doing. Like, that's the category that it's kind of doing well in, right? And then same for this one, French Dispatch, regardless of how you feel about the movie as a whole, production design is something that you're obviously saying, wow, this is like an immaculately crafted movie. 100%. That said, for this category, I think it's down to two. It's between Dune and Nightmare Alley for me. 
Okay, interesting. I thought Tragic Macbeth had some super, super cool production design, but I thought it was probably a little bit too simple to strip back. I was wondering if West Side Story, since it is a period piece and it recreates like all these musical elements, so much colors, I wondered if there might be room for that to be in the conversation. Yeah, I mean, like, even though it got quite a few nominations, like, it, for the kind of movie that it is, like a period piece musical, like huge Steven Spielberg and very highly acclaimed, it really should have, like, gotten a lot more nominations, like, if, like historically speaking. So the Oscars just didn't really like West Side Story all that much. And so I don't see it winning for this category. Macbeth, I would, I really like the production design there. That'd probably be maybe my pick or like my second pick. Dune's just winning a lot of these below the lines things. And it did win a couple of the precursors for this category. Like I think it won both the BAFTA and the Critics' Choice for this category. I might be mistaken there, but I think. I think it's got it, but... The Oscars do like to spread the wealth, as I was saying earlier, like Nightmare Alley surprised at the Oscars because it got nominated Best Picture, which nobody was expecting. So it means that the Academy did like it. So I'm hoping that if it does get one thing, it's going to be this. If Nightmare Alley was to pick up an Oscar, it would probably be in Best Production Design. Oh, it's like its only chance of getting anything is, is in this category. Let's move on to Best Film Editing. Yes, important category. Extremely important. Kind of some funky nominees here. We have Don't Look Up. Dune, King Richard, Power of the Dog, and Tick, Tick, Boom. I'm very surprised Don't Look Up is nominated here because I don't think it strikes me as a particularly well-edited film. I'm actually not so surprised uh, just because the last two Adam McKay movies got nominated for this category. Okay, so it might be more of like, we like Adam McKay. <laughs> the, th the thing is that the Oscars, what they're guilty of a lot of the time is going for whatever's the most of that category so for instance like the most edited yeah like visual effects there's a lot of great movies that you can't really tell there are visual effects like unless you look into them like wolf of wall street's a great example there's so many visual effects in that movie you don't think of wolf of wall street as a visual effects movie you know you go for movies that have like superheroes and like cgi stuff that like make you think that right so with editing a lot of the time what gets nominated here are the ones that have like a ton of cuts oh. and don't look up kind of like the other Adam McKay movies are like a lot of quick cutting. A lot of cuts. By that logic, if we're just going by the most, House of Gucci should get some acting noms because it had a lot of acting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think for best film editing, even though it has the most editing, maybe don't look up, it won't win it. Neither will Tick Tick Boom. I have two potential winners here. So those would be Dune. Oftentimes, film editing actually goes with best sound. This year, it could happen with Dune because Dune, I think, is taking best sound. But I put my money on King Richard. It won the Ace Eddie Awards, which is like the official like editing guild awards. Interesting. That's surprising to me because I feel like also best editing has historically at least been linked very closely with whoever wins best picture. Only Birdman, like in the last like 50 years or something, has ever like won best picture without an editing nomination. And in that case, it's like because it was all like supposedly one long take. It had the least editing per se, you know, so it didn't get nominated. But other than that, like if you don't get nominated best film editing, it's almost impossible for you to get like to win best picture. However, the winner of Best Editing often goes to movies that don't win Best Picture. Interesting. Okay, okay, okay. Thanks for clarifying that for me. I personally would lean towards Power of the Dog here, just because I feel like that film is so well-crafted, just like seamlessly integrated. Are you saying that Power of the Dog is your favorite or the one that you think will win, or both? I think it probably is my favorite edited film in terms of the editing. In terms of which one will win, 
like I said, I don't really understand how the Academy picks some of these awards, and film editing is one of them that I never really understand. No, like, Bohemian Rhapsody won this award, and it was, like, widely criticized for its editing, which was so funny. Yeah, so I feel like I don't often see the line between how I understand film editing and what the Academy picks. Yeah, 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 for sure. The Power of the Dog and Dune are my personal favorites, and King Richard is just my, like, long shot pick for, like, what could win. If it's not Dune, I think it'll be King Richard. Okay. For best cinematography... We also haven't done song. (laughs) We're not going to do song. Yeah, we're skipping song. Like, explicitly choosing not to do best original song, because... Like what? Why? I don't know why this award exists. There's, it's not like <laughs> give it to the Grammys. Like this is not a movie thing. Half the time, the no- songs nominated are just like show up in the credits. Like it's like once the movie's done is when the song shows up. It's just if you contact a musician, you're like, hey, can you write me a song for the credits? They're like, sure, and then they get an Oscar. But I mean, like if it means that like Beyonce gets to be at the Academy Awards and perform there, I'm like, great, love that for her and for everybody who gets to see that. Okay, well, let's talk about best cinematography. We have Dune, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, Tragedy of Macbeth, West Side Story. This one's tough. They're all beautifully shot movies. Yeah, honestly, this might be my favorite category just because I really don't care who wins. Like, they're all gr- like they're all amazing. Yeah, totally agree. They're all like extremely beautifully shot. I would imagine Nightmare Alley I, d- doesn't have a shot. The other four movies, they, 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 all, they all have like a chance at winning, I think. If I had to guess, I think Power of the Dog could win. However, as you've said, Oscars do like to share the love, so maybe that's a factor against it. Yes, I think Power of the Dog could win, but it could be Dune. I think Dune is probably my number one. Uh, Personally, I'd love to see West Side Story. I think West Side Story had an amazing cinematography. I agree. West Side Story was gorgeous. Yeah. Tragedy of Macbeth, I feel like, might be lower down. If it wins, I think it'd be a bit of a surprise. Yes, it would be a bit of a surprise, but I, I did, I think, just read an article saying that, like, it could just because the Oscars do, like, their black and whites. Like, last year, Mank didn't seem like it had any shot at winning Best Cinematography, but it ended up winning. And it was, like, the only black and white nominee. Yeah. And Tragedy with Beth is a gorgeously shot movie, so I feel like, sure. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's, like, The Lighthouse of this year, you know? Like, The, the Lighthouse had amazing cinematography, and it got nominated. I was, like, very happy it got nominated, but it had no chance of actually winning. But, yeah, Dune, I, I would say my bets on Dune, Power of the Dog, probably second, then West Side Story, third. Yeah, that's how I'd rank them in terms of which ones I think are most likely to win, but in terms of which ones I want to win, they're all beautifully shot. Yeah, I don't really care. Yeah. Let's move on to the screenplays. We have Best Adapted Screenplay. Screenplay based on existing kind of property. And then best original screenplay, straight from the noggin. Yes. For best adapted screenplay, our nominees are Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, Lost Daughter, and Power of the Dog. We're seeing quite a bit of momentum for The Lost Daughter currently, which I feel like is a long shot. Power of the Dog and Dune, they're getting just like so much Oscar buzz that I feel like those are strong. Um, I'm going to blow your mind here, actually. I don't think Dune has a chance. Dune actually almost didn't even get nominated for this category. Oh, interesting. I thought since it's it's based on such a beloved novel and translated to screen, I thought it might that might be some of the reasons why it gets some momentum. Yeah, I would I would have thought so as well. But the like the biggest critique of the movie is that it's not really complete. You know, like it needs that second part for it to like feel like a full thing, not as strong. Drive My Car is most regarded for its screenplay. It won Best Screenplay at the Cannes Film Festival. Oh, awesome. I actually think it's between Power of the Dog and Coda. 
Oh, wild. Yeah. That's so bizarre to me. The reason for that is because Code has actually been picking up a lot of momentum for Best Picture. Yes. I think it'll be like a really long shot for it to win Best Picture. I agree. But it just won the BAFTA on Sunday for Best Adapted Screenplay, and it beat Power of the Dog. That's wild to me. My personal favorite is definitely Drive My Car in this category. The writing in Drive My Car is probably better than any movie that's nominated this year. It's just like exquisite dialogue. There's like six or seven monologues in that movie that are like top tier. I just think it's incredible. I would love to see that one take it, but I agree that Power of the Dog probably I think is the front runner. Or maybe Coda. We'll see. (laughs) So Coda won the BAFTA, and that's a really big precursor because last year... Last year, I think BAFTAs and the Oscars were, had the exact same winners for like 85% of all the categories. Well, it's also a rough year, though, for movies in general. So I feel like pickings are slim. That's true. That's true. For Best Original Screenplay, nominees are Belfast, Don't Look Up, Licorice Pizza, King Richard, and Worst Person in the World. I mean, my personal favorite here, I'm not sure, maybe the worst person in the world. But I do think it's between two, and I'm pretty sure which one's going to win. It's between Belfast and Licorice Pizza. Those are the two biggest like Oscar contenders among like for best picture. The thing about Belfast is that a lot of people thought Belfast was going to be like the big crowd pleaser that would eventually challenge Power of the Dog, but till now it hasn't done that at all. Yeah, I feel like it was identified early on as like an Oscar contender because it's a black and white memoir by a director that the Academy likes, but I haven't heard any buzz about it since then. People are like, yeah, Belfast exists, and, like, that's the whole conversation. Yeah. Like, we might see when the PGA comes out. That's the Producers Guild Awards. That's, I think, this week. For instance, Argo, it won absolutely nothing, and it didn't even get nominated Best Director. Like, that movie was, like, had no chance at winning Best Picture until PGA, and it won the PGA for for Best Film. And then all of a sudden, it's, like, it just shot up, and then it ended up winning It won one other thing. I think it won screenplay and best picture, and, like, that was it. If something like that does happen in Belfast, just randomly gains momentum in the last week, because there's a week and a half left till the Oscars uh, as as of recording. If Belfast has any chance at winning best picture, it needs to pick up screenplay. But otherwise, I think Licorice Pizza is going to take it. Paul Thomas Anderson has never won an Oscar. Highly respected director, and this might be, like, finally his chance to win something. Love to see Oscars going towards PDA. For sure. Yeah, I, th- I think that's where he could get it. Uh, let's talk about Best Animated Feature. Best Animated Feature, we have Encanto, Flea, Mitchells vs. the Machines, Luca, Raya, and the Last Dragon. It's tough to see what's number two. I think there's a clear number one, which is Encanto. It's worth noting that Flea was nominated in International Documentary and Animated, and I felt like maybe that would pull off something. Haven't heard as much buzz as I was hoping. Yeah, it hasn't really won as much, yeah. My personal favorite, I think, is The Mitchells vs. the Machines, at least in terms of the animation. I thought that was incredible. Actually, I like all these movies. Like, Flea and Luca, I think, were both in my top 10 of the year, and Mitchells vs. the Machines was, like, 11th or 12th. Yeah, The Mitchells vs. Machines and Luca were two movies that I loved uh, of this year. But Encanto, I think, has got it, probably, because it's just, like, become such a big cultural phenomenon. I think, actually, if there is a number two, it could be Flea, like, for for the reasons that you said, but it could also be Mitchell's versus the machines because Mitchell's won the critics choice on Sunday. And it also won the Annie awards, like the official like animation awards. Oh, okay. So it's getting a lot of momentum there. So I would, I would imagine that's probably second. I think Encanto's got this. Okay. Well, I'm still hoping for the Mitchell's versus the machines. 
Okay, let's shift towards best documentary feature. Both my personal favorite and the one I think will win is probably Summer of Soul. I know that Flea was really high up there for you. Do you think there's a chance? No, Summer of Soul's got this. The, I actually think Summer of Soul, the, the obstacle was getting nominated. Because in the last like four or five years, the front runner for best documentary has always been snubbed. Well, that happened here with The Rescue, documentary that was getting a lot of buzz and didn't get nominated, which is bizarre. So The Rescue was a big snub, but it's like the first year that like literally the number one movie does get nominated in the last like few years, Summer of Soul. And that's that's going to win, I think. Ascension, I, I rated really highly. And Flea is like my personal favorite of these. Cool. Wow. I haven't had a chance to check out Ascension yet, so I'd be interested to see it. Flea also was nominated in Best International Feature. For Best International Feature, the nominees are Drive My Car, Flea, Worst Person in the World, The Hand of God, and Lunana, a yak in the classroom. Yeah. Lunana was a big surprise to a lot of people. Yes. Definitely. The front runner here has got to be Drive My Car. Yeah, it, there, there's almost no like use in thinking of like a number two. Like Drive My Car has won this. Yeah, it's nominated for Best Picture, so like it's gonna it's gonna get it. Yeah, so it's autom- automatically like considered better than any of these other films according to the Academy. I, I mean, my personal favorites are Drive My Car and Flea. Like I think they're pretty neck and neck for me. I think maybe Drive My Car I liked better. I mean, like, what are the odds on Lunana if you're maybe to put like a dollar back and then maybe win big? Oh, man, if you bet on a dollar on Lunana, I I would imagine you'd get like, I don't know, like 18 bucks, (laughs) which doesn't sound it doesn't sound like a lot. But like, you know, you bet like those are like crazy good odds. Yeah. yeah, One to 18 is like a very. okay, fair. Because if you put like, yeah, $50, who knows, you know, put all your money on Lunana and win big. Let's move towards some acting. Yes, the big ones. So for Best Supporting Actor, we have Kieran Hines in Belfast, Troy Kotzer from Coda, Jesse Plemons, Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos, and Cody Smith-McPhee from The Power of the Dog as well. Two nominees for Power of the Dog. I would have loved to see in here, but had no chance of being. Willem Dafoe from Spider-Man No Way Home. I was like, I was thinking like, where is Willem Dafoe? Oh yeah, in that movie. Great performance. Loved it. Well, actually, Willem Dafoe really deserved the Oscar and didn't even get the nomination for The Lighthouse. He did deserve an Oscar for that. Hardcore deserved it, you know? That was like the role that Willem Dafoe was like born to play. Aside from, you know, the Green Goblin. Yes, the Green Goblin's like a a close six. Can you imagine if Willem Dafoe's like makeup Oscar ends up being for Spider-Man No Way Home? (laughs) They're like, yeah, sorry, we haven't won an Oscar yet, but uh, but you got the Green Goblin down. Supporting actor here, I think it's it's between two, and I think it's pretty locked up as to who's gonna win. Oh, that's interesting because like the early front runner was Cody Smith McPhee, yeah, for Power of the Dog, and then there's been so much love for Troy Kotzer recently, yeah, and so it sounds like you think Troy Kotzer from Coda is the, gonna be the winner. Yeah, the the thing is, Cody Smith McPhee would have always been a weird winner like it's a very kind of subtle performance he's a very young actor and i was always thinking like somebody's gonna someone's gonna start shaking things up then troy kotzer has won absolutely everything else like it seems like a lot more of like an oscar-y performance you know he's he's like crying it's like emotional i would love to see that i thought i thought that troy kotzer was pretty phenomenal in in coda he would also be the first male deaf actor to win an acting award which would be great to see yeah, I did miss Jamie Jamie Dornan in this category for Belfast, who's like the dad in Belfast. I thought he was the best actor in that movie. 
that and like his the kid. As far as kid actors go, I thought that Woody Norman and Come On, Come On, I think, was like my favorite child actor performance. For Best Supporting Actress, we have uh, Jesse Buckley from The Lost Daughter, Ariana DeBose from West Side Story, Judy Dench, Belfast, Kirsten Dunst, Power of the Dog, and Anjanou Ellis from King Richard. This is done and dusted. I don't even think there's a second place here. Ariana DeBose is going to win. Yes. Okay. That's great. She's also my favorite out of these ones. Agreed. Yeah. She's a scene stealer and she's everything that you look for. She'll win the Oscar for the exact same role that um, that was won in the original West Side Story, actually. It's just it's an Oscar winning role, I guess. What do, you, what do you know? All right. Now moving towards a category that I feel like is pretty messy and I don't really know who's going to win this is uh, for Best Actress. We have uh, Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Colman, The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman being The Ricardos, Kristen Stewart for Spencer. This was like a bit of a surprise to me. I feel like it's been a little all over the map. I feel like it's leaning towards Jessica Chastain at the moment. I think so as well. Uh, I think Jessica Chastain's probably going to win here, um, which is good. Like from the very beginning, I've always thought Kristen Stewart and Jessica Chastain have been the two best performances of the year. Kristen Stewart started getting snubbed in a bunch of places like the SAG and the BAFTA. Yeah, it's surprising. Which is like wild. It, like Kristen Stewart honestly should like, like her performance is like a front runnery performance. On top of that, Spencer is like a much better movie than Eyes of Tammy Faye. I think Je- Jessica Chastain is going to win. I don't see Nicole Kidman winning. Um, Penelope Cruz is great in Parallel Mothers, but it's not like she's a long shot for sure. Olivia Coleman, a lot of people think she could win just because she's Olivia Coleman, and she often wins when people aren't expecting her to. People just love giving Olivia Coleman awards. Yeah, and people have learned like to not underestimate her, but I'm going to underestimate her. And uh, <laughs> so I think Kristen Stewart, like since she's nominated, it could be like Summer of Soul, where like the tough thing is to get nominated, but you know, like maybe she'll see more support now that she is nominated, people can vote for her. But I still think it's Jessica Chastain's. I think it's between those two. I was sad to see that there's no love for Alana Haim. Yeah, Alana Haim was really good in that, in uh, in Licorice Pizza. Moving on to Best Actor, which I feel like this is a category that feels pretty locked up. The nominees are Javier Bardem for Being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch for Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith in King Richard, and Denzel Washington in Tragedy of Macbeth. I feel like this is going to be Will Smith. I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch and Denzel Washington are both also delivering fantastic performances, but I feel like Will Smith feels kind of like it's his time, you know? Yeah. Will Smith is so funny because since Pursuit of Happiness, that guy, like every two years, releases some like really Oscar Beatty performance in like December and they, they're they almost always just like really bad movies <laughs> that like people think, oh, will this be an Oscar contender? And then it just falls flat. There was like Concussion, Ali, a collateral beauty. So I'm glad that for once it's going to pay off for Will Smith. His, his Oscar strategy. His Oscar strategy is finally going to like get him an Oscar. Originally, I thought like, okay, Will Smith could win a lot of these categories, but then BAFTA could give it to Benedict Cumberbatch and then that could swing things. Who won the BAFTA this year? Hey, Will Smith. Will Smith has now won absolutely everything. So there's no, like, it's all locked up. Yeah. Transitioning over towards Best Director, Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, Ryusuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, Jane Campion for Power of the Dog, and Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. There's some great directors in this mix. Yeah. Four, like, very, very famous directors. Probably Jane Campion will win. Power of the Dog is, like, such a well-directed movie. 
It's just so, so good. I would also love to see Paul Thomas Anderson picking up a award here. I don't trust Kenneth Branagh, as I've said in the past. You don't trust him? Don't trust him. <laughs> Did you know that he's the person who's been nominated in the most categories? Yes, I think so. Like, because he, he has Best Picture nomination as a producer, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Live Action Short. Because he, di- he directed a live action short. Oh, like, well, there you go. That's how, that's how you so, do it, I guess. Very diverse, very diverse set of skills. Yeah, and very diverse filmography in that he's directed like Belfast, but also like Artemis Fowl. Artemis Fowl, yeah. yeah. (laughs) This is why I feel like I don't trust him. Anyway, who do you think is going to win this one? And who is your personal pick? This one's done. Jane Campion's going to win for sure. She's won absolutely everything. I mean, personally, I preferred like West Side Story and Drive My Car. Honestly, I, I, Power of the Dog might be my least favorite movie of these five. Really? Wow. I think it's like just like so well made. It's it's incredible. I think it's really well made. I just didn't attach myself to it at all. Like I felt like I was just spectating like a movie in front of me, and I, I've I, I've now like tried watching it twice to like get what people love about it, and I I get. The re- like people have explained to me what's so great about it, and I'm like, yeah, I I see that on screen, but like I don't like care that much when I'm watching it. <laughs> like when I'm watching, I didn't like feel myself emotionally attached in any way. I still would give it to James Campion. Like if it, if I were voting, I'd give it to her because she. I know she does a great job, and I know that Power of the Dog is like an immaculately made movie. I'd probably even maybe give it best adapted screenplay as well. Really incredible. I just wish I liked it. Yeah, I mean, I loved all the movies here except for Belfast. I loved. Uh the rest of them but i agree jake cameo will take it now we move on to the final category best picture 10 nominees belfast coda don't look up drive my car dune king richard licorice pizza nightmare alley power of the dog west side story we've talked about all these in various other categories the clear front runner as we've mentioned has been power of the dog it has like 12 nominations which uh doesn't happen all the time uh, coda is getting like a weird amount of buzz right now but i don't think that'll happen yeah uh so like the last few years the best picture race has always been pretty like hard to call like i know nomadland was pretty easy to call last year but before that it's always been like with like two movies up in the air you know what i mean yeah i mean parasite was a surprise people we thought like 1917 might take it Exactly. That year. Or there was also like Roma versus Green Book. There was like The Revenant versus The Big Short versus Spotlight. That was like a three-way race there. And then prior to that, was that the Birdman year before that one? Exactly. And Birdman versus uh, Boyhood as well. So it's always been pretty tough to call. Uh, This year, I think it's pretty easy. So here's the thing. It's like, as we said, best editing is like a really strong precursor, right? Among these, the only, like, we have Don't Look Up, which I don't think is anyone thinks is going to win. We have Dune, which, like, I, I also don't think it was ever going to win. But, like, it also didn't get best director, which is wild. That's such a weird surprise to me, because I feel like Denis Villeneuve is doing, like, so much as a director. Dune, if anything, is, like, an impressive feat in directing and pulling off a film of that scale. Yeah. So I yeah also hugely surprised by that. Totally would swap out Brana for Villeneuve. <laughs> for Brana for Villeneuve. Fair enough. Power of the Dog's the only movie that has best editing there, best screenplay, and best director, and it's likely going to win two of those three. So I think it's just it it seems boring, but like I think Power of the Dog's kind of like locked up. Coda won 
like the SAG Ensemble Award, which is a pretty if we if you recall the year that Parasite won, that was the only thing that it had won up until that point was the SAG Ensemble. But the thing is, Parasite was just such a cultural phenomenon. I don't know if Coda's reached that level yet. I think Coda Parasite was a movie that people a lot of people genuinely loved and wanted to win because it had like an international element uh, and is like just phenomenally crafted as a film. Yeah, and like really critically acclaimed. Yeah, it won the Cannes Palme d'Or, you know. Yeah, so good. Whereas I feel like Coda is a movie that a lot of people love. And I don't know anybody who watches Coda and doesn't like it, but I don't think it has that craftsmanship. Yes, I agree. I think Coda is more like A Little Miss Sunshine. I mean, personally, A Little Miss Sunshine is one of my favorite movies of all time. So I don't think Coda like lives up to that. But it's still like that kind of movie where it, it's not like this like big like cinematic like achievement or anything like that like parasite was yeah it's probably the lightest like smallest best picture nominee i've heard of for a long time yeah totally and so like winning the sag ensemble is like big for that movie that's why it's like probably gone up to second place i would have been able to see belfast if it had won like pga it seems like an oscar best picture winner like it like it just seems like it you know it's it's got all the elements it just hasn't won so if it won PGA, like maybe you'd make a case for Belfast, but without an editing nomination, I just don't see it. And Coda also doesn't have an editing nomination. So I think it's uh, Power of the Dog and like pretty wrapped up personally. Yeah, which maybe takes some of the fun out of the Oscar award. If you know, if you feel like you're going to know who's going to win, maybe it's less of an exciting race then. Like that watching the ceremony is less interesting. And I feel like it's actually a downside of this kind of era we're in where there's so much discussion and speculation and podcasts like this one, you know, maybe take some of the fun away from the actual ceremony. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but then it does make the surprises really fun, you know, when, uh, when everyone's like sure that something's going to win and then it just doesn't uh, like, I think cinematography last year was just like wild when Mank won and it was like, no one, no one saw that coming. So I'll be freaking out when nightmare alley takes best picture. <laughs> yeah. West Side Story, I had some, like something in my heart really wanted West Side Story to like gain more buzz. Um, and like, cause it, again, it, it's also that kind of movie. Like it could be a crowd pleaser, but it's also like meticulously crafted. So it has all the right elements, but then it missed out editing and it missed out screenplay. So there's like no chance. Yeah. And I loved West Side Story. I thought it was awesome. The, uh, the sad thing is that apparently a lot more people are watching it now because it just got released on Disney+. Plus. Right, but people didn't watch it in theaters. But highly recommend if anyone hasn't seen it. It's really good. Now we've we talked a lot about the Oscars. It's been a bit of an unconventional top three episodes. We haven't really had a, a top three per se. Let's just share quickly three movies that we feel like were underrated and didn't get any Oscar buzz, but we feel like maybe deserved some love. As a, like as a quick note, there are a couple movies that did get some Oscar nominations that. I think deserved more. As I said, West Side Story is the kind of movie, like when you when you say that it got seven, that's still like half of what La La Land got. And you know, it's like about as good as that movie. So uh, I think West Side Story could have gotten more. Tragedy of Macbeth, I think is also like better than the amount of nominations it has. And then Spencer is the big one because Spencer only has one one nomination which is for best actress like it really deserves best costumes for sure like it should have been challenging cruella for best costumes amazing cinematography my favorite or my second favorite score of the whole year people just ignored it like really like strongly so i think spencer deserves way more recognition 
it turned out to be a little bit more artsy than the average Oscar film, I think. Speaking of artsy films that I thought didn't get much much buzz, we already mentioned French Dispatch being a movie that we mm-hmm. feel like should have gotten more Oscar buzz, didn't get much. The Green Knight was a pretty beautiful movie that uh, definitely too artsy for the Oscars, but I feel like was kind of a cool film. Agreed. I have the Green Knight there written somewhere on my on a list. Another medieval movie, The Last Duel, was uh, as mentioned, kind of like a pretty well made movie that had really famous people in it, but didn't really get any recognition. True. Jodie Comer like deserved that nomination more than uh, Nicole Kidman, I think. Totally. Yeah, I agree. Two movies that I really, really loved. Uh, one is uh, kind of like not really a movie, but like Bo Burnham's Inside that I thought was one of the best things that I saw in 2021. Yeah. The thing is, uh, I would have put Inside. Inside was my number one film of the year, personally. Yeah. Uh, I think but... I put it as my number two. Yeah, so we're we're both big we're both big Bo Burnham stands, but uh, but it's already like winning awards for best like comedy special at like Emmys and other awards. So I like it doesn't really qualify as an Oscar contender at all. No, but my number one film of the year was Come On Come On was my mm-hmm. personal favorite. Loved loved that movie. Yes, just a little small film that won't get any Oscar buzz, but loved it. Mike Mills' last movie which was called 20th Century Women, which I think is not as good as Come On, Come On. Like, got, like, a surprise nomination a few years ago. So I was really kind of hoping, like, oh, yeah, maybe it's, like, the Mike Mills factor. He'll make a movie that has zero buzz and then just, like, surprises everyone with a nomination. I was kind of hoping for that. And I mean, like, Joaquin Phoenix as well. Like, just one best actor. And uh, does a great performance here. Very different than his Joker performance, obviously. Oh, yeah. He's great. Yes. And the actress who plays his sister, I forgot her name, but she's she's really good. Everybody delivers great performances. And it's a beautiful, beautiful movie. Come on, come on was my personal favorite. I think I'm gonna shout out Pig. Pig's my like highest rated film of the year that didn't get any Oscar nominations. I thought Nicolas Cage was amazing in that movie. I think it deserves maybe like a screenplay nomination. For uh, for the purposes of like a top three, I'd probably put Come on, come on above Pig just because Pig. I think I just really liked it for its script and stuff, but. I think Come On, Come On has, like, wide enough potential in several different categories that I would have, like... It's disappointing that it didn't get Oscar buzz. Whereas Pig, like, other than maybe Best Actor, which was nominated in the Critics' Choice Awards, it didn't really have a chance at anything else. So, like, Pig would be in my top three, but, like, I can see Come On, Come On being up there as well. Well, as mentioned, this has been a bit of a unconventional kind of top three podcast. But if you were to share maybe your personal top three movies of 2021 underrated oscars everything what would be your top three okay so if we're not including inside west side story is up there for sure uh drive my car and um pig maybe in terms of like movies that i personally connected to and i'm gonna like keep like raving about for the next few years uh i think yeah those are my three cool my my top three i think to share mine as i mentioned number, number one probably is come on come on Number two, I think, is West Side Story. It was surprising to me. Yeah, super surprised. I didn't want to see it. <laughs> no, exactly. But then I, then I saw it in theaters, and I was like, wow, like movie magic. Yeah, like the yeah. power of cinema. Like, I just I just loved it. Number three, I might put The Tragedy of Macbeth at number three. Wow. Once you get to, like, the top eight, basically, like, they're all just, like, phenomenally made movies. Of course. There's a lot of movies I love this year, but Tragedy of Macbeth was one that I felt like is just, like, as good 
as a Macbeth adaptation as you could ask for. I mm-hmm. think it's right up there with like Throne of Blood by Kurosawa. Francis McDormand, mm-hmm. Denzel Washington delivering like some of the most beautiful dialogue ever written in this immaculately shot film. Yeah. And then Catherine Hunter, her portrayal of the witches, I felt like was the best version of the witches anybody's ever done. It was so good. Oh, agreed. She like she definitely deserved like a supporting actress nomination. So we've chatted about a ton of movies here. 2021, pretty fun year for movies. Do you want to leave us with a piece of life advice? Uh, yeah, my piece of life advice is uh, don't uh, get hung up on accolades. Mm, you know? True. So as we've talked about, so many great movies have come out this year that didn't get nominated for any Oscars. Some people who did like amazing work on a lot of movies, like the production designer for French Dispatch, easily probably one of the most talented people in Hollywood, just because he didn't get an Oscar nomination doesn't make the production design of that movie any less like astounding. Yeah, so don't get hung up on on awards or accolades. You know, you know your worth and also art is subjective. So there's that too. Yeah, great advice. As we are deep into award season, always nice to get some reassurance that these awards uh, don't always don't always matter. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Seb, for being a guest on the podcast. Always a pleasure to have you on the top three. Of course. Uh, and then the next one will be top three Sebastian podcasts, as we said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we'll, we'll uh, rank them. I think this one, this one's maybe number one. What do you, what do you guys think? <laughs> <laughs> Comment below. If, uh... <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of the show. A big thank you to Sebastian for joining me today. And thank you so much for listening to the top three. We hope that you enjoyed our discussion of this year's Academy Awards and the best movies of 2021. If you want to suggest the topic to be discussed or you just want to say hi, please leave a comment or message us on Instagram at thetop3pod. You can also email us at thetop3pod at gmail.com. The music featured in this podcast is by Sebastian Ocho Mendoza. If you would like to support the podcast, please tell your friends about it. I hope that you have a lovely day.